we exist to come alongside people who are hurting, who are broken, who are messed up, to come alongside them and give them love and to give them grace and to give them encouragement until they can rise above it and walk on that path on their own. We are Pathway Church, located in Burleson, Texas. We worship together, we serve together, and we grow together. The very first thing I want to do is I want to welcome everybody that's joining us online and those down at True Worth at the Presbyterian Night Shelter. One of the great parts of the story of this church is that somehow through the miracle of technology, God has allowed us to, to commute and communicate with those who live on the street for those who don't have a home. And I want to tell you, you're our family. I want you to tell you right through this camera, you are our family. And those that are scattered across the United States, somehow that you found us and you worship us every week, uh, we consider you family. And we just welcome you here in this space today. And to all that are in the house, are you ready to party? Yeah, <laughs> yeah today is a great party day. And if you're new here, uh, boy, you came at the right time. Uh, you came at an unbelievable day, and you're going to learn a whole lot about us if you're new. And if you are new, uh, and there's somebody that's not new, that's my dad. My mom and dad, yeah. Not just my dad, my mom too. Okay. All right. All right. So let's get back on where we are here. So, uh, if you're new, you came at a very good time, and uh, thank you for coming. And I hope more than anything, you experience God's presence. And if you are new, I'd love to meet you. All of our staff would love to meet you. We'll be out in the foyer, the crossing after this, and we'll just stand around tell stories and everything, and just kind of get to know each other a little bit. We, we'd love to do that. Now, we're, we're going to celebrate our 50th, okay? I mean, this is why we're here, and that's what we're going to do, okay? But before we do that, I need to tell you what's coming up. Uh, next weekend, uh, we are going to be in the center. This is our last time to worship in this space. Those that are in the space, those that are in, in the sanctuary, this is our last time to be here in this space. So next weekend, we'll be in the center. And we're going to do a message called Vision. It's going to be kind of Vision Weekend. We're going to look at what, where is God leading us? What are some of the things we need to hold on to as we go into the future? That's next weekend. The following weekends, the weekend before Thanksgiving. Can you believe Thanksgiving's around the corner? I mean, it's here. And so the focus is gratitude. And we're just going to spend some time in the Word, what this Word has to say about gratitude. We're going to have some, practice some gratitude. Then the weekend after that is the beginning of Advent. I mean, Christmas right around the corner. And the message series is called, Come Home for Christmas. Just come home for Christmas. And we hope that many of you will reach out to people who may be strayed away from God, don't even know who God is, gave up on the church. It'd be a great time for you to say, hey, why don't you come home for Christmas? And to see what God does. So that's where we're headed. But this afternoon, kind of a reminder just so you know, this afternoon we are going to have a celebration party of all parties. And we're going to dedicate the center, so we'll gather in the center over here, right, right, right behind us. The doors open at 3.30. The service starts right around 4 o'clock, 4.01, perhaps. Just you never can tell, maybe 4.01. And you don't want to be late. 
I'm just going to tell you, you want to be in the building, in your seat, about five minutes, ten minutes beforehand, because it's going to start booming. It's going to go. Only 30 minutes, and then we're going to spill out into this campus of this new place that God is doing here. You get to tour it. You can have all the food you want. There's going to be games. There's going to be memorabilia, things for all ages. This ark here is going to be used for our kids' space. It's going to be, it's just going to be a great time, a lot of time for fellowship. And the Cowboys play at noon. We just called Jerry and said, hey, Jerry, we want the game to be at noon. He said, okay, you got it. And he promised no overtime, okay, for all you. So just kind of. Uh, this, this past week, but this morning we're going re- to do something else this morning. This past week, I spent time in the scriptures searching for all the different times in the word where it says, do not forget. You ought to do that sometimes. How many times it says, do not forget. And on this 50th anniversary, there's some things that we don't need to forget. We need to remember. I'm going to read one verse. Deuteronomy 4, verse 9. Only be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you, what does it say on the screen? The next three words, though, you what? Do not forget. The things your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. In other words, tell the stories. Tell the stories of faith. Tell the stories about your family. Many of you know almost every Sunday night, Dallas and I go to see my mom and dad. And it's without question, my dad will start, and mom too, but really my dad will start telling stories. Sometimes the same old story over and over and over and over again. <laughs> he tells a story about the depression, about how they washed their clothes in the big old tub of eating cornbread and beans Amen. day after day after day. <laughs> and as I listen to those stories, It makes me understand who I am and where I came from and the values of our family. So this morning, what we're going to do is we're going to take a little trip down memory lane and kind of remember some of the stories about how God has worked in in this church. It was actually 50 years ago today the very first worship service was held. It was over in Hughes Middle School in the choir room. There were about 26 people there. It started with six families who had a vision and a dream of a little church in Burleson, Texas. I can't go back to the first 15 years because Dallas and I didn't get here until 1986, 15 years after the fact. But I remember what it was like when Dallas and I first came and our son Justin. Justin had just turned six. We just moved here. He had no friends here. This little church held a birthday party for Justin. We moved on his birthday. And these grown-ups just included him and welcomed him and made him feel so special and important. And I remember that first worship service. We have on our staff right now uh, 30 full-time staff and 29 part-time staff. In that first worship where I came in 1986, there weren't that many people in the room. We have more staff now than we had in worship. And I remember the very first session meeting in January. It was a very weighty session meeting. 
because the church had been financially in trouble for a long time and there was a lot of little discontent because you know churches do that sometimes there's discontent and there was a little bit so we did something kind of spontaneously we had a funeral at a session meeting that is our board of elders I had them write down all the things from the first 15 years that were so hard and so challenging so painful and we put them in a box and we actually buried them in the ground and had a funeral and we started praying for resurrection that God would do something new and I remember walking around what was in the little two acres just asking God would you give a vision God would you give a vision would you give a vision of the new thing you wanted to do I would share that with our session that is our elders of the church and we started writing these things down and putting them on the walls when people would come to church and they would see those things you gotta be kidding me you gotta be kidding me. you gotta be kidding me. you gotta give me but all of a sudden something happening people just started coming in droves the little sanctuary you may walk in and see, maybe perhaps this afternoon, what we now call our Kids West Theater. It was so full, it became standing room only, just like that. We had to add a second service in the morning. People were standing in the foyer looking onto the inside. They, you could not get into the room. People just had their Bibles. You could hear the pages turning, just reading the Bible. It just exploded. Within a year and a half, we needed more space, but we had no money. So this vision came of building what we call our sanctuary right now, which we just left from a service in just a few minutes ago. But the bank said, we will not finance it. So we had to ask the church members who really weren't wealthy at all, none of them were, to go into the retirement and go into their savings. And they bought church bonds and invested in the church, hoping the church would pay them back. They put it all on the line so we could be here today I could go on and on and on and tell you so many stories but I don't just want you to hear from me I want you to hear from some others so I'm going to invite some of our teaching pastors to come up here throughout this morning and first of all I'm going to invite uh, Chris and Judy I want y'all come on up a couple of our teaching pastors are going to join me on stage here and I want you we're going to talk about some of the stories of what God has done here in the past I'm going to ask some of these teaching pastors to kind of help us remember and recall uh, during their season and their life here Okay, so we're going to start here with, with Judy and with Chris. So, first of all, thank, thank you all for agreeing, agreeing to do this. Appreciate, appreciate you doing it. And uh, would, could, could you kind of go back in time and just kind of share with the group here. First of all, this is Chris Bohan, Judy Madden, both ordained pastors on staff. Um, would, would you share your, about your first experience here? When you first came here, let me, let me kind of make a little editorial comment. Of our 30 full-time staff and 29 part-time staff, only two of them were not raised in this church, did not come to this church just seeking God. The other two we hired from the outside, but all the others started sitting where some of you are sitting right now, including these two. So talk a little bit about your first experience when you came so uh, I came here 31 years ago. I thought it was 32, but it's 31 years ago. And uh, came with my daughter and my husband, and our daughter was one year old. Um, and she is, uh, and we came in, and we were looking for a church home that was very similar to a church home that we had come from in San Angelo which was a church that was lively, it was full of energy, it was exciting, it, it was kind of a little bit quirky, and uh, so we were kind of looking for the same church. 
we went to another church and uh, it was not a good experience and the next week we came here. We were met in the parking lot before we ever came into the door and we were greeted and they wanted to know our names. And then the next week that we came back, we were greeted with someone saying, hi Judy, hi David, hi Janie. And uh, that just won our heart. So when won you and David, heart. your family came, we had just moved into the new sanctuary, had just right? moved in. It was 1990, May of 1990. And we moved into that. Easter 1990 was yeah. the first Sunday in that space. Yeah. Okay, so. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it was, it was an exciting time. We were welcomed, uh, you know, and, and my process, I will have been on staff now for 25 years in January. Yeah, yeah. she was the first uh, full-time staff person we hired. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. it's been an exciting, exciting ride. But I think the biggest thing was that we felt God's presence. We weren't just told about God's presence, but we felt God's presence here from everyone. Chris? So my, my first time here, I've been uh, attending here for about 24 years. My math is right now, 24 years. My, my first time here was on a Tuesday afternoon. It was November of, of 1997, so I was a senior in high school. And it was actually in the sanctuary. And I was there for a funeral. One of my close friends, Stephanie Stoltz, she was a member of this church. And she died, tragically, in a car accident. And so that's why I came here. At that point in my life, I was not a part of any church community. My family wasn't really, we were all just kind of going different directions. Um, and so I didn't really have, have any way to deal with, you know, being 17, thinking that, that, you're, that you're immortal. And dealing with the death of one of your close friends and having to confront this idea of mortality at the age of 17. And so my, my posture coming into this place, I mean, it was, it was not a very hopeful one. I was, very, I was feeling a lot of hopelessness, uh, a lot of angst, uh, of course, a lot of grief, and, and a lot of emotions that I didn't really have words for, but that was what I felt when I came here. And in the course of that, that service in the, in the sanctuary, I, I, I can't tell you, this is the first time I, I got to hear Rick speak, because uh, he presided over the service. And I don't, I don't know what it was exactly that he said or what it was that, that took place there, but what I can tell you is within the course of an hour, I left not, not feeling like, oh, okay, great, this is great. Not, not that at all, but I, I did leave different. I left feeling, okay, it's, it's going to be okay. I'm, I'm still carrying my grief, but hopelessness? No, no, there's, there, there's, there's hope. I have hope here, I, and I felt it here, and that's what compelled me uh, to come back. I, I do want to say one more thing, because I know Craig Kerr is, is in the house. I had, before that experience, I'd gone to another church by myself, because I was just trying to figure out where I needed to be, and I went to a church by myself, and from the time that I got there to the time that I left, nobody said a word to me. Nobody acknowledged me. And it was in high school, that, that, I mean, that, that, can, that can hit you pretty hard. After Stephanie's funeral, I happened to be up here with a friend who was uh, attending here, and we came up here in the middle of the week, and Craig Kerr happened to be here. Right after that experience with that other church, I walk in, 
And not only does Craig say hi to me, he actually knew my name. He walked, I walked in, he said, hey, Chris, how you doing? And I was like, you know me. He said, well, of course I do. That's what I remember about this place. Now, both of you came before the ark ever existed. Yeah. Your connection to the church. So a lot of these folks have no idea about how this worship service came into existence right here, contemporary worship. Can okay, so, so you take us back to the sanctuary when all of a sudden we have two traditional services mm -hmm. and contemporary comes in. Describe that. What do you remember about that experience? It was utter chaos. <laughs> it shouldn't have worked. It was a terrible plan. And not only was it a terrible plan, it was a terrible plan that we did week after week after week. That's how something bad gets better, I guess. Um, but we had, we had three services. We had the A15 traditional with the choir, organist, and piano. And then we had a 940 contemporary service. And then we had a 1055 traditional. And so the A15 service, as soon as it would finish, the choir would process out, the organist would process out. And as they're doing that down these, these small, narrow aisles, uh, Joe, who's actually back there on the drums today, he and a couple of us would be carrying this electronic drum set, passing the organist in this narrow little thing, and then we would have just enough time to set up, plug in, and make sure everything was ready to go, and then we had the service. And then as soon as that service is over with, it was get it all back off the stage so the choir can get back on. It was, uh, I mean, if you look at it on paper, you would think this is a, this is a really stupid idea. But we did it. <laughs> yeah. And it worked. It yeah, worked. It did. it did work. And it was beautiful. You know, every single time we think that something might not work, God reminds us that God is greater than even our visions, and it'll work. Yeah. And not because yeah. of anything that we're yeah. doing. It's because of the grace of God, and it's because of the grace of all of you. You put up with us. Oh, my yeah. God. And I remember that very first contemporary service. We didn't think anybody would come. That very first 940 service. And interesting, we called it the connection service. Yeah. Because we had an early morning traditional, a late morning traditional, and so we connected those services with a service in between called the connection, which was contemporary. And it was... We, it, it was, was wild. It was interesting. <laughs> yeah, it was interesting. It was known to some as the hippie service. Yes. Yeah, it was. It's the hippie was. service. But, but it, it wasn't just the musicians coming in, the crowd. So you had people leaving at 8 o'clock going out, and you had all these people ready to come in, and we didn't have no crossing. It was like a 20 by 20 little space out there. I mean, it was very uncovered. It was. It was yes. very uncovered. <laughs> Everybody would have died right then if we had COVID in that. <laughs> It would have been terrible. It would have been know. the end. Yeah, it would have been the end of the world <laughs> because everybody was just like this. But they kept on coming back in spite of our lack of technology. Uh -huh. yeah. you know, to, to this and new people came. And new, new, people new people came new people. because they were so yeah. interested in finding out what was going on. And again, I just remember I could hear, if I close my eyes, I can hear the pages of the Bible turning. That people would just come and bring their Bibles and turn up. They were just so hungry for God's Word, you know, to experience God's Word. And uh, what I remember, our technology was so, it's so primitive. When you see this afternoon, when you come this afternoon, I want you to remember this. In our first contemporary service, this is how we did it. I or Judy would go down to an overhead projector. <laughs> Slide the and words. slide the little thing, <laughs> and sometimes it were kind of crooked, you know, and people were looking like this. And we, had, we had to project the words up. We had no technology. It was just so archaic, and, and but people still just came back. 
<laughs> and more to Judy's point, yes, people did actually call it the hippie service. I know this because I was one of those people that called it that. Um, be careful that they, the absolute statements that you make. Just be careful. Whenever they started that contemporary service, some, uh, one of my friend's parents, Ron and, and Linda Basir, they told me they were all excited. They said, Chris, the, the church is starting a, a contemporary service. And I laughed. And I said, tell you what, don't bother saving me a seat because I will never be in a contemporary service. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you buddy. didn't know that we had Joe. No, yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know. You know what? what, what I, I think what the band has prepared something that we all need to experience. Is you, Andrew, you want me to tell them or you, you want to tell them? Okay. Is that they, what they have done, they have gone back in time about some of the music that we have started here from the beginning and put together a medley going back from the beginning all the way to today, I think you're really going to enjoy it and worship. So let's get out of the way and let the band do this, okay? So come on, man. Let's do it. And I got to mention here before we, before we do this, Easter of 2003 was the very first service in this building that we're in now, the Ark. And over this weekend, five people that were here playing in that opening service are still playing up here today. And our unsung hero in the back, Jack Eldridge, was running sound that day as well and still here. And so we want to invite you to just uh, sing along if you know some of these and uh, worship. Have fun with us. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to
That is the history of this church and how God has provided. I remember meeting in my office with Sherry Secrets in 1997, just praying, praying that God would provide musicians and vocalists that we could have a contemporary service because we knew that's where God was leading us to add that to what we're doing. And boy, did God provide just talent after talent after talent after talent, just unbelievable talent. So I just thank you, God. Thank you. Okay, so I want you to meet Jeff Gill and uh, Cheyenne Davis here. They are also pastors on staff. Cheyenne's in seminary now. I'm finishing, Woo! but uh, moving toward that end. Jeff and Alan Mink are the two pastors or two staff people that we hired from the outside. Yeah. In spite of our hired guns. And, the, <laughs> and Cheyenne and everybody else up here came, came from within, came from the body. And all of our other staff came within the body. So, uh, Jeff, uh, Cheyenne, would you both please just kind of share a little bit about your, kind of your first experience a little bit here? Would you share that with the body when you came? Yeah, so... Uh, what you remember? I had been serving as a pastor in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I was an outsider, but I was still connected with St. Matthew through uh, shared work. We worked camps together. I knew a number of people from here. Um, and in Tulsa, as a pastor, I was part of an a area ministers group. And I, I noticed when I was part of that that we were, we all had different gifts and skills and, and callings, but we were all trying to do church the same way. We were all trying to uh, play out the same role and function and, and do this thing called church in a very specific uh, model. And I was always very curious to, to know what St. Matthew did differently. Wow. Was that me? That, that was, was me. You. Yeah. That was you. Okay. Here. Well. Okay, can you hear me? Keep going, you're good. Yeah, okay. So uh, I was always wondering what was different about St. Matthew, and, and when the opportunity came to, to serve here and, 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 and work here, uh, my eyes were open. You know, I, when I was supposed to start February 1st, and there was an elder deacon staff meeting in January that was uh, planning out the whole year, and Rick thought it would be good for me to be there, so... Uh, Jake Huffman, a, a leader in this church, got in his airplane and flew up to Tulsa to pick me up and fly me to the meeting, and I thought, wow, that's different, you know? <laughs> a family in the church, I had no place to live. They, they, they provided me uh, a place to live while we were transitioning and getting settled and finding our own place. I thought, wow, that's different. Um, 
I remember the early session meetings. And, um, you know, I came from a, a tradition of trying to get out of a session meeting within two hours, you know, be efficient with your time. And I get here, and they start with a meal and, and fellowship, and they're praying together, and, and that was great. Um, get to the reports and, and hear what's been going on and what's going on now and approving reports. And, and I thought that was great, and they pray over every ministry. Yeah, that, that, that's great. And I think the session meeting's about over, and then they go into the time of visioning. And they do this for hours. They're praying for God's guidance and direction for where God wants the church to go. And I thought, wow, that's different. Um, I'd get home midnight, sometimes after because of the meetings, after the meeting in the parking lot. And uh, I know when my wife was expecting me to, to be available, she's like, where, where you been? I say, church, <laughs> it's different here, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's different. And, and I was just so awestruck by um, the passion and the body being sold out to the mission. It was just it was awestruck. Yeah. Well, you had mentioned earlier that, you know, some people come seeking God. Um, I, I didn't come here seeking God or seeking employment. I was seeking a free lunch. Um, I was church hurt. When I first got here, I was very much in the beginning stages of recovering from addiction. And my in-laws, Lisa and Lee Ray Davis, would always promise to feed me babe's chicken if we would come to church where my sister Nicole worked. And so that, that's why I was here. Uh, I just didn't think I belonged at all. I remember walking into this space, looking at it, and it was just so big. I was like, oh, no, 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 I can't do this. I can't do this. So Matt took me down to the sanctuary where we worshiped for a time being. And, you know, I love you so much. And so many people come here, and they're like, I came because of Rick's teaching. It was the people. It was you that I was able to experience God through first. I'll never forget Judy Madden. Like, you know, she... Gosh, your discernment is so amazing. But she would like swoop in, you know, that Judy swoop. And every, every, every week she'd just get a little closer to me and a little closer to me because I was real rough around the edges and I was real skeptical of people. Um, and time after time, the people in this church just wore me down in the most amazing way possible. I can't imagine where I would be. Um, I can't imagine. Thank you so much. Thank you. Let's just talk about this space called the Ark. This is where we're, we're wrapping up our service in here for this weekend. And as you kind of go back, as you think about this space, about all the things that God has used it for over the years, when you think about the Ark, what do you remember? What do you remember? Oh, my gosh. I remember the first time that we opened up the Ark. And do you remember this place was so filled and we were just like, we never thought that we'd be yeah. able to fill the seats. It seems seats. so big. And then yes. putting up these chairs every week and taking them down so that the youth could have the space. And it w we thought that was going to be a three-year gig. <laughs> and uh, here it is. 18 years. 18 years later. <laughs> and um, I, I remember so many of us just hauling chairs back and forth. And that was a delight. 
And I, we need to shout out to uh, Jack Eldridge because. I'm do that. Just don't, oh, don't steal okay, my sorry. <laughs> we all love you, Jack. Okay, let's do so. it right now. Will you put the camera back there? I want you to swing the camera. I want you to see Jack we Eldridge and Dave Madden. Put the camera back there. Jack Eldridge and David Madden starting off here back there. Yeah, they're, they're never on camera until now, right? But, they just work but the Jack sound. has control yeah. of if you of can hear mics. us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jack, like I said, <laughs> Jack's got control. Jack's heard almost every message I've preached multiple times. Poor guy. <laughs> Saturday night, all you know, everything like that. But go ahead. But, but the kids, oh my gosh, the youth were so excited because this was like a state of the art. Yeah, uh, technology yeah. and space and it was all for them and we made it about them and uh, it was a place where they could come and they could be kids they didn't have to worry yeah. about uh, everything being just right and if something fell over it was okay and it was a place where they could learn about love and they could learn about grace and they had tremendous tremendous Many of you that are here today who served as leaders, uh, raising them up to know God's grace and God's love. Yeah, I saw That's Leslie oh Lummis walk in a while ago, so I know she's ah, here. Leslie. And, and, and Leslie! And Leslie was on staff, and Leslie had this vision of New Year's Eve, yeah. of having to lock in sleepover. <laughs> and so this whole place was filled with bounce houses. The whole building was, and these kids spent the night all night long. And my sons were a part of that, and they're here in this worship time. And it I mean, parents were just dropping their kids off so they could go party. And we walked, and we walked the building all night long yeah, to find those yeah, kids too. Yeah, scared to death. Exactly. But man, just kids. What, what else you remember about this fun. place? Others. What do you remember about this place? I remember my first Christmas here. It broke me. <laughs> took years. Took years to like Christmas again. Um, <laughs> I was in charge, I was working with the worship team at the time, and, and part of the responsibility was making sure that the, the space was set up, there were enough chairs, all of that. Well, uh, this was, I think, was it the first year that we didn't have enough chairs, and uh, we had some staff that were, that were on vacation, or, or just, we had a skeleton crew, it felt like, and I just remember the people just kept coming in and coming in and coming in. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. And, and, and then we have to start running chairs upstairs. And you were running chairs upstairs. I said, that's not good. That's not good. Oh. And there were multiple services. And I'm like, oh, I was a, I, I was a puddle on the floor at the end of the night. And uh, it, it took weeks to heal. But it was so exciting, too. I mean, it was, it was phenomenal, the energy and, and just Wow, it was special. Yeah. It was great. I remember you going home that night. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he had to talk me down. He said, "You, you, you got to get yourself together because you got to go have Christmas with your family now." <laughs> you have to have fun. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> I hate Christmas. <laughs> what do you remember? When I think about this space, I mean, you see how it's being used right now. But then you hear the stories that Rick is talking about how. It was used for, for overnighters and fifth quarter, fifth, fifth quarter, quarter. Oh, gym, yeah. uh, oh open basketball, open volleyball. Uh, once again, you think about the plan that we had in the sanctuary with those three services. You think about the plan that we had for this space and the enormity of things that we were doing in here, the different types of things. And you look at it on paper and you're like, 
that's a stupid idea. Why would you do that? Why would you put really nice cameras in a gym? Why would you do that? But we did, and, and it's just it's a, a, this continual theme. We, we have a way of taking a look at, at what we've got and recognizing, okay, it could be better if we didn't have this or this or this, but this is what we got, and this, this place is continually, time and time again, said, okay, what's, what's, the, what's the mission? What are we doing? And, and staying on a mission and, and working with with the resources that God has blessed us with and not complain about the ones that we don't and kept trucking forward. That's, that's what this place looks like to me. Yeah. Yeah. The art ties me to so many memories. It's right over here under this basketball goal to my left is where Leslie Lummis and Becky Prince asked my husband, Matt Davis, to serve. And he dragged me along and I changed our life forever. I got a vision for what God needed out of my marriage on this back wall sitting here. It was right here where Chris and Rick sat as I auditioned for my first Good Friday service, gosh, over <laughs> almost a decade ago. And I just remember thinking, what are these two guys up to? Little did I know how much they would invest and put up with me in the years to come. I just, every piece of this place doesn't tie me exactly to the building, but a memory where I've experienced God's presence through the people. And I am just so excited to be a part of that. And I think about communion and join the church weekend and baptisms. That's my favorite weekend because I get to catch a glimpse of what God is doing in your lives and in your, in your faces and in your eyes. And it's just so awesome. I don't mind telling you, I'm going to, I'm excited about the center, mm. but I'm going to miss this place because yeah. I communion. When people come forward, I look into their eyes and I think about the folks that have knelt down right here underneath this cross and accepted Jesus as their Savior and Lord. I think about the funerals in here for people, for young kids who just love so much. And all the hurting families just hurting so much. And just the comfort in God showing up and helping people through very difficult times. I mean, I think of all the young people. My, my sons, this is where they played. This is where they grew up. That's where my daughter was. Uh, my daughter was married. Married here. right here in this place. So as, as, you, as you guys have a final word here, uh, sorry I didn't see that coming. Uh, <laughs> as you all kind of think about this space right here, as you think about the future, what are you excited about when you think about the future? When going, going forward, what do you just think about one thing that you're just really excited about the future? What would that be? And that, by the way, this is a curve. They didn't know I was going to ask them this. You know, when I, when I was in Tulsa and with that minister's group, I, I thought there could be a better way with all the different gift sets and if we work together in the same effort toward building the church instead of trying to all do our own uh, and coming here serving with this team um, has been the privilege of my life. Wow, okay, you started it. Um, <laughs> nobody, nobody is the same here. We are so different. Our personalities and our gift sets and our, the mix is just, it, it is such an honor. And I am excited to see, you know, we don't even know who's not here yet, you know, and the team has evolved over the years. And, and I just can't wait to see what's coming. I just can't wait. Yeah. I think I'm excited to uh, see who the next Cheyenne is. 
who the next Kevin right. Bulgarelli is. Right. Uh, I just I, I'm amazed at who God keeps on calling out of this group. And I think about all of you that are here right now and who you are going to be. What important part that you're going to play in bringing even more people in to the church. And I'm really excited that I get the great privilege of seeing people being healed day after day after day after day. What I look forward to the most about the future is this, this idea that, that we've, we've known about, about, this, about this place. As I, as I read the gospel, and I, and I read and I try, I try to learn more about who Jesus was as a man and, and how he dealt with people, this phrase continues to just echo, echo in my mind. And this, the phrase is re- relationship over religion. And when I think about Jesus, I think there's a man that was about relationships. That's what he was about. And we, we live in a culture where uh, the outside world doesn't have that understanding of the church. They don't see the church in that idea that, that we value relationships over religion. But when I come here, and people ask me about that, I say, you, but you got to come here. You, you, you need to see what's happening here. Because if, when you come, you'll see, understand, it, like, we value people. It doesn't matter what your denomination is. It doesn't matter if you have no denomination. It doesn't matter if you don't believe. Amen. You're welcome here. And this idea, the hope that I have for the future, for our community and and beyond, being being just catalyzed by this idea of, of Jesus being about relationships and seeing evidence of that here day after day and what God can do with that in the future. That's, that's what I'm most excited about. For me, the things I'm excited about for the future are the things that I'm excited about today. Just being able to have a front row seat to the change that has been put in motion in each of our lives so that we will never get tired of chasing one more. It is an honor and a remarkable privilege to get to see how God is moving in your lives and in your families. And I think about, if this cross up here could talk, I think about all of the stories that it could tell about how it is seen and how God has seen your lives change. And I just cannot wait to see the change that happens over the next 50 years through you. One of my joys is work. This is just a sample of the awesome people I get to work with. And these folks you know, do, do some of the teaching around here with me. And I just wanna say, Thank you. Can we give a round of applause to this Now, I will tell you, I wake up in the mornings a lot of times thinking about this place and worrying about this place. And here's one of my fears I have right now. Whether you're online or in the house, here's one of my fears. That when you turn 50 in any organization or your age or your marriage, you can start to settle. Start coasting, just, just coasting. 
see it happen too many times. As I read through the scriptures this past week, reflecting upon this beautiful place that God has done here, this wonderful thing that God has done. This is like an Easter morning. I just want to wave to all. I just reduced down this morning three things I want you to not forget, okay? Then we're going to come to this table. This is going to be so quick, so quick. If you're a note taker, this is the time you can do it. Here's the first one. We are not a great church. We serve a great God. Never forget that. We're not that good. You're not that good, and I know I'm not that good. You ask my sons, they will tell you I'm not that good. My daughter-in-law's too. I'm not that good. They know who I really am. And if there's anything at all great about this church, it's because of God. And I will say to any one of you, if you want to have a great marriage, if you want to have a great family, if you want to have a great life, just invite God to be right in the middle of it. That's the only hope you have of anything in your life being great. It can be good, but if you want great, only God is great. Nobody else measures up. Nobody. Never forget that. Here's the second thing. Here's the second thing I ask you to never forget. In this church, never forget, we take next steps spiritually and we help others do the same. This is not an event church where you come to an event once a week and then you go home and forget about it. Or you draw online once a week and then you forget about it. No. If you want to go to event church, I will tell you, there are a lot of event churches you can go to. This is not one of them. And this church here, we ask you, I ask myself, to take one more step and one more step and one more step to get closer to be like Jesus. And to help somebody else do the same thing. It's all about being like and loving like and treating people like Jesus. Is there anybody here that's attained that yet? Has anybody here reached that mark? We all have one more step to take towards that. And to help somebody else take that step. Never forget that. In every organization, you have to measure what success looks like. If you're married, you need to know, what, how, how do we know we're successful? If you have a family, you have kids, how do we know we're being successful? If you have a business, how do you know you're being successful? In a church, how do you know you're being successful? Let me tell you how I wake up in the morning and how what we measure around here. Change lives. Addicts no longer being addicts. Depressed people no longer being stuck in depression. Dysfunctional families no longer stuck in depression. No dysfunction. Single people alone, angry at the world, no longer live in that place of anger and loneliness in the world. One more step, one more step, one more step. And here's the final thing I will say to you. Never forget, we don't go to church. We are the church. Church is not something you go to. The scripture says, you are the body of Christ. And wherever you go, it is the church. Please never forget that. 
It's not about the building, the cool technology, the wonderful band. It's not about the walls and what you're going to see this afternoon experience in the center. It's about you. People experiencing you. And that is why when the walls were shut down in this church during the pandemic and they said, you cannot meet here in the flesh, you showed up during the week to feed people who had no food on the table. This mobile pantry, people just lined up. You remember some of you? Lined up with cars and you just kind of put food. You bring your red bags every week, every month to this church full of food. We don't feed ourselves. Who do we feed? We feed the people who are hungry. Little kids who, don't, who come home to an empty house. Your birthday gift to Jesus. Not a penny goes inside these walls. It goes out there into the world. This, the church is not here to serve you and me. God created the church to serve the world. We don't go to church. We are the church. Never forget that. And here's the last thing. It's not in your notes. Never forget it all begins with Jesus. Jesus rescued you on this cross. Never forget that. Only he can do that. And this whole thing begins with a relationship, not religion, a relationship with Jesus. A relationship. It's all about relationship. Because it was Jesus and only Jesus who could say, this is my body broken for you on the cross. So you don't have to be broken any longer. So you can experience healing. I'll do it. So you don't have to. This is the cup of salvation. He said, my blood spilled upon the ground for the forgiveness of your sins. Anybody here this morning glad that Jesus did that so God would forgive you of your sins? Anybody besides me glad? God, we thank you for this table that just reminds us of who you are and your great love that you have for us and your desire to be in a relationship with us to change our lives to help us be a great person to help us be a, a great man to help us be a great woman to help us know the joy God of having a great family and having great kids and great grandkids just learning how to love them God like you love us God we thank you God for this table and on this day we who come and eat for the very last time in this space God that you would nourish us in body mind and soul to leave this place and be your church in Jesus name I pray amen you're going to be invited to come forward whether you know God or you don't know God whether you're a member here or you're not a member here you're invited to come forward uh, you, it's already been cut for you and they're going to take a piece of bread and put it in your hands. They have gloves on, so it's COVID-friendly. They're going to put it in your hands. And then you will take a cup yourself out of the tray. You will drink from it. And then put it in the little basket yourself and go back to your seat. And everybody is welcome to come. Let us worship God.
we thank you for your blood today. God, in as much life change as we've seen happen, even in this space that we call the ark, God, we know that it's not about the building. God, it's about the work that you do in your people. God, and we know you'll continue to do that. 
walking around these walls I thought by now they'd fall But you have never failed me For change to come, knowing the battles won, for you and never fail me. No, sing together. Your promise still stands. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Faithfulness. is my confidence you've never failed me yet oh you never failed us God and I know the night won't last your word will come to sing your praise again yes we sing your praise Jesus you're still enough to keep me within your love my heart will sing your praise again Great is your faithfulness, your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You never fail. Oh, you never fail. No. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness, your faithfulness. done so much in our lives in 50 years and he can do so much more for the next 50 and beyond amen so let's claim that together every voice come on i see you
Okay, there's one thing we normally do here when we have communion. Listen, I've been patient. We've been patient. Wow. We've been really patient, me and about 350 of my closest friends. And we came up here because it's time. We have a notice to serve. Kira's going to serve it for us. Okay. We have a little notice for you, Pastor Rick. Okay. Um, Dear Pastor Rick Owen, that's you, um, (laughs) you are hereby notified to vacate the premises at the Ark by Sunday, November 7th, 2021. That's today. The reason for giving this notice is as follows. In order to connect the one more, Pathway students in the community are hereby reclaiming the Ark. Please kindly turn over the Ark so we can use it as a gym. There's fun to be had. Shella, are y'all ready to do that? Are you ready to give it back to our students? We've been evicted. But we have work to do. The purpose of Pathway Cumberland Presbyterian Church is to read the screen. Is to what? Let's go do it and let's party this afternoon. We'll see you then. Thank you for joining us. If you would like more information on Pathway or to get connected to a ministry, visit our website at pathway.church. We look forward to growing with you as we worship together. God loves you. God is with you.